ladies and gentlemen, it's the Baggies Broadcast Season 4, Episode 40. My name is Luke Hatford. I'm joined, as ever, uh, by a man who is jam-packed with Christmas spirit, Albion correspondent Joe Massey. I wish I was jam-packed with Christmas spirit. I really do. Um, <laughs> I'm Christmas... Oh, that that uh, humbling defeat, shall we say, to Villa last night. Uh, we're recording this on Monday. That game, obviously, on Sunday. That is uh, well and truly... Uh, well, destroyed my Christmas spirit, really, mate. I mean, I'm not feeling very festive at all. I desperately, desperately need to pick myself up. It's been been a crazy long couple of weeks, really. I mean, everything everything's got gone on, hasn't it? So I need to um, I need to start looking forward to Christmas. I do. It might cheer me up a little bit. I mean, tell me about it, mate. I mean, <laughs> Albion fans out there, the mood was uh, severely deflated on social media last night. Put it that way. Uh, have you recovered from that evening yet? Um, yeah, yeah, we'll get into it. Um, I think I, re- I recovered from the moment um, Sam Allardyce's press conference started post-game. Mm. Um, and, yeah, we'll get into it. But, yeah, I think, I, I, to be honest, I mean, I'm only talking about... I'm, I'm literally talking about personal experiences. I don't, I'm not talking about... But I think it was that, that moment where, to be honest, that was the, the moment where finally I got over Belich's departure, if I'm being honest... Yeah. Um, because I have to admit, and we'll go into it, I was very, very impressed with Allardyce um, post-match yesterday. Um, it was uh, it was like, um, it was really strange watching him, really, um, in a sense that, it's going to sound a little bit odd, but he was so, he was jovial. So, like, he was obviously, he was angry at the result, and he was very, very angry with Jake Livermore. Mm. Um, but he was willing to have a laugh and a joke still with the press. He was... He was upbeat Sam Allardyce, but it was almost strange watching his demeanour because he was so calm, he was so relaxed, but the words coming out of his mouth were so strong, mm. um, and it almost didn't tally up um, how sort of calm he was, but how strong he was being. Um, and it, was, it, was, it was very, very interesting, and um, you just got the impression of this is a man who absolutely knows what he wants, will do whatever it takes to get it um, and whoever isn't on board with him will quickly be sort of left by the wayside. It was, you could tell what a leader he was, um, what, what a boss he is. Um, and that left me actually feeling quite beat afterwards. But um, yeah, it was, a, other than that, it was obviously a dreadful evening. Um, and, and, and it has to be said, a very, very tough week. Um, obviously with, everything that happened I mean look we're recording this on Monday yeah uh, if you said to me this time last week you draw at Man City Slavon Bilic will be sacked Sam Allardyce will come in and Jake Livermore's captaincy will be up in up in Jake Livermore might have played his last game as Albion captain um, I would have honestly thought you'd lost the plot um, but that is where we are <laughs> that is where we are so it's been an incredible turnaround an awful lot has happened um, but yeah, for me that was the the that was the highlight of the week. Um, Allardyce's press conference post match yesterday because it made me left me with absolutely no doubt that he knows the task ahead um, and what he is going to have to do to keep Albion up. Yeah, I mean, and obviously, I mean, Albion nil, Villa three. That's an ad- absolutely dreadful result. What what could have brought that on? I suppose. A lot of people will look at this Albion team and they'll say, yes, look, 
they've not been brilliant this season and I think a lot of people expected them to be in a relegation battle so it's to see them where they are isn't a massive surprise but the performance in a derby yesterday against Villa it was just so flat and I know things didn't go their way with VAR and Livermore getting sent off didn't help but it it was it was such a deflating performance arguably the worst one of the season so far I mean what what's mm. triggered that is it could it be I mean we touched on this in the video after the game could there have been a hangover of a as you said, such a big week and such a testing week for the club. Is that, do you reckon the players have suffered some sort of hangover? I gotta be honest, I do. And I, look, listen, I'm, I'm, I don't. The last thing I ever want to do is make this podcast about me. Um, but I can only talk about like, look, I, obviously, I had a, had a relationship with Slaven only like where I spoke to him a couple of times a week at press conferences. Um, we, we were, we're not mates, but I obviously, I, I did form like. A, connection with him and I did I really enjoyed working with him but and that's just me um mm. and I really miss him like I really do I mean I really can't it's really sort of disappointed me that that he's left and that's just and I barely have anything to do with him if we're being honest I mean and I, and I think the players I've got to be honest I think that was I think that performance last night and this is just me to, it's just my opinion it really really is but I think um that, that performance was a hangover from Bilic leaving. And, it, and it's not just me that feels that way. I got to the ground last night and I was speaking to stewards and I won't mention anyone by name because there's loads of them there, but they were deflate. They were they felt a bit like me. They, they felt a bit flat. Mm. Um, and they said they didn't want Bilic to go. They, they talk about how when they in the stadium and how Bilic would always have time for them and how he would always talk to them and he, and he went, always went out of his way to, to sort of make an effort with them. Um, and that's rare it's rare it's rare in football look football managers have got a lot on they've got a high pressure job there's no shame in them walking past a steward after after a game or not, do you know what I mean just getting on with it because they've got they're under immense pressure but Slavon was different mm. um, he had time he had time for everybody and, and he was always so polite um, I mean, that's one thing you, you have to say. He was always so polite. And speaking to these people, it sort of made me feel like a little bit reassured, really, because I've I have felt flat since he left. Um, I have, um, and they they felt flat as well. Um, it wasn't just it wasn't just me feeling that way. And I think we've obviously got no real relationship with Slavin compared to what the players have. And mm. he touched on it in an interview he did in the Telegraph, I think this week, where he said that during his time at the club, there have been no issues on the training ground, like with, with, with the squad, with there'd been no real sort of infighting between the players. It was a very, very harmonious camp. Um, and I genuinely believe Albion's squad love him. Yeah. Um, I really, really do believe that. And, I was speaking about it to my wife actually, and she she wants the credit for this point, but she made a cracking point. And when when we, when we're talking about what Billich went through after the Man City game, finding out on the um, bus home that he's essentially going to be sacked, Albion's players went through that as well. Yeah, I I was saying it was a disgrace that Albion's players were there on the phone, um, and Billich was on his phone finding out he was going to lose his job. But obviously that is going to have a big impact on the players as well. Um, because they have been through an awful lot and the performance at Man City once again was saying the same things but it showed they were playing for him um, now I genuinely believe last night that, I mean look it's a new manager Sam Allardyce 
you normally get a new manager bounce. That did not happen last night. No, it did not true. happen at all. I mean, I've never known a performance in front of a new manager that has been as bad, really. And, and I, there's a part of me that thinks Albion were playing for the manager last night and it was Slavin Bilic. They were, they were playing angry and they were playing hurt and they were playing annoyed. Um, and I... Is that why Jake Livermore got sent off? We touched it in the video. We touched on it in the video. We'll never know. We'll never ever know. It could be that he was just trying so hard to impress Sam Allardyce. He wanted to get around the pitch. He wanted to lay a marker on Jack Grealish because we all know how good Jack Grealish is. Mm. Maybe it was that, or maybe it was a little bit of, bit of frustration leaving him because he's annoyed at events that have taken place over the last seven days. Look, Slaven Bilic put out a statement. I think it was on Thursday morning, um, which was put put together on a graphic. And the graphic was him hugging Jake Livermore. Mm. So, look, maybe we're reading too much into it. Maybe it's a coincidence. But I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure it is. I, I think there was a hangover last night. I think what there'll be people listening to this who are saying that's unprofessional, saying that's not good enough. It, it's even worse that it's coming a derby. There's yeah. no doubt about it. I mean, it's absolutely shocking that it's coming a derby. But what I always say is, you cannot forget these people are human. I know they're footballers, I know they're paid a lot of money, but the truth is, it doesn't matter how much money they're paid or what they do for a living, they still feel the same emotions as me and you. Um, They still get the highs we get, they still get the lows we get, and they still react in the ways we react. And it's just my opinion, I've got to stress that time and time and time again, it is just my opinion, and I could be 100% wrong. But it's, I believe there was a hangover to Bilic going last night. Um, and I also believe it won't happen again, um, which is the crux of the issue, really. I, I believe they, they've they got it out of their system last night. I believe I, I don't think... And look, I, I really don't think it's a Sam Allardyce issue. I, just, I think Sam Allardyce was literally caught in the crossfire. Um, I think whoever took that game would have been in... Personally, would have found it very difficult. Um, mm. But there's no... I think they probably needed to get it out of their system. And also, I think there's no way Sam Allardyce will let it continue. Because very simply, any of those players who don't perform, they'll be out the door. Um, he, he, he is like, he's, he's like strangely menacing, Allardyce. Yeah. Strangely if, menacing. It's, it's weird when you see him on the touchline, don't you? Because he's got like the classic, like the earpiece in. And he stands there, and he looks very stoic. He's not. He's not. He's complete. He's not the exact opposite of Bilic, but Bilic is there, kicking and heading every ball, isn't he, on the sideline? Sam Allardyce is very different to that, but you can tell is like his vision. He's watching everyone like a hawk, isn't he? Yeah, and he's just. He's an, he's a really interesting guy because look, he's a media personality at the end of the day, isn't he? Like he he's been doing an awful lot of work for Talk Sport. He's always on the radio. Mm. He. He can, he's, ve- he's big Sam, he's very chatty, he's very jovial, he's a big personality and he's someone who you can undoubtedly have, have the crack with and have a laugh with. But when when it gets to football and his team, he is very, very, very serious um, yeah. and very, very different. And I mean, the quotes, the fascinating example was the quotes on Livermore last night. I mean, in the most calm, relaxed way... Allardyce turned around and said the captaincy is now up for grabs. Jake Livermore may not be Albion captain anymore. And that's a big story. That's a big, big story. You've got to think, Jake Livermore was instrumental for Albion last season in getting them up. We saw saw in the videos when they did go up just what it means to him. I mean, he was in tears in the dressing room. It meant the absolute world. Um, There is no doubt that Jake Livermore, as a person, is someone who has got 
Albion's best interests at heart. Stupid challenge last night. He did let the team down, but he, he does give everything for the club. He is an outstanding professional. Um, so to, I don't know, it was like, when a manager says the comments that he said, Allardyce, you would almost expect them to be red-faced and punching the desk and mm. maybe throwing in the odd swear word that you're not going to be able to report. But Allardyce wasn't like that at all. He was calm and he was basically just telling everyone how it's going to be. Mm. Um, and it was... I've I got to be honest, It was it, I was really impressed. I, w- I was a lot more impressed than I was it is unveiling which was just obviously he was asked standard questions he always pretty much knew what he was going to be asked but his reaction after that game it made me think wow like you are there is absolutely no one who is going to it's going to be a case of Sam says jump everyone else says how high mm. um, because no one's going to mess with him he's a he's a he's a fierce character it's interesting isn't it because it almost looked to me anyway, when he was speaking to BT Sport and obviously when he was speaking to the written press, they kind of needed that game. He kind of needed to see that performance from Albion to realise, okay, this is what needs doing, this is what's wrong. You know, you can always highlight things on the training ground, but ultimately, seeing them on a pitch and perform the way they did, which is obviously nowhere near up to standard, I think he might have needed that. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I think he I think he had a good idea anyway. And I, and I don't know if... Um, there is a caveat to playing with 10 men. Mm. Um, I mean, let's be honest, it wasn't good at 11v11. Oh, no, it wasn't good at 11v11, but it was only half an hour. So I think he potentially could have learned more 11v11. Um, but he's definitely learned a lot from it. It's obviously, his first game. And yeah... He knows what what task he's what 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 he's got in his hands. Basically, I think to be honest, I think he's savvy enough to to have already have known. Um, mm. I don't think I don't I don't massively think anything came to it as a as a big shock last night. At the end of the day, everyone can see Albion's position on the table. Everyone can see how many goals they've conceded. Everyone can see how many goals they've scored. Um, personally, I think he w- he's been clued up ever since he knew he was getting the job. Um, but still, in person, it obviously would have been good to see see the movement maybe of players, see their position at times and where little things that maybe you can correct hopefully very quickly. Um, but he was very, very sort of candid afterwards and he said that wherever he's, wherever him and Sammy Lee have gone, they've, they've got it right. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he is a my story for tomorrow. Is he, he is slightly concerned it's going to take him a little bit longer this time around because of the the schedule and the fact there's been no pre-season and the fact there's been obviously the schedule's a bit more congested over Christmas he said that effectively that he's getting next to no time with the players on the training ground there's basically the sports science department are telling him you have to be careful with the players because they're at risk of injury yeah um, so he's a little bit concerned that he's not going to get as much time as he wants on the training ground as quickly as he wants um, but his bottom line was him and Sammy Lee basically do always get it right, and he still very much believes they will get it right again. Mm. Um, he's always going to back himself, isn't he? He's always going to back himself, and absolutely, absolutely rightly, he's never been relegated from the Premier League. I mean, he is Mr. Keep You in the Premier League. So, look, that's a slightly concerning that he feels like he might need a little bit longer. But I do, I honestly think this year, thirty-five points could probably keep you up. 
um, it's not going to be uh, a lot. Um, so it, it, there is plenty of points up for grabs still, mm. um, and he could, t- and he'll believe he can turn it around. I suppose the question, I mean, regarding this whole Livermore situation, is is who who's going to be the person to step in and take on that captaincy role if, if you know because he's, he's not going to be around for three games who's going to don the armband I mean it was Ajayi who took it off Livermore uh, last night at the Hawthorns but there, you'd think there are some other you know players who could who could maybe take on the mantle I mean Sam Johnson leads by example he's not he might not be the loudest person in the room I don't think but in terms of example he's been leading by example and you know there are there's there's something to be said about a goalkeeper taking the captaincy. I think I think it it, it normally is a good a good look. Uh, you've got someone like Ivanovic who I know isn't starting, and there are questions over his ability now. Um, but he's certainly a leader, and he's 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 got experience. Is, is there anyone else you could really you know pick out? So Carl Bartley is obviously deputy captain. Mm. Um, um. But he's not fit at the moment. He's not fair. Probably miss Liverpool. Probably be back after that. Um, then you've got Jake. Sam Johnston always, always talks. It was interesting actually because obviously last night we were at the game. Matt Mayer, the, our Villa guy, was at the game, mm. um, and walked out with him. And he, and he actually made a comment. He said he was really, really taken aback at how quiet Albion were. Yeah. And he said if you look at Villa, that that they're always. They've got a lot of loud voices. I mean, you, you never hear you. You always hear Tyro Mings like throughout the game. Um, but like, yeah, like Mings, McGinn, Grealish. Um, there's a lot of talkers in that team. Uh, Matty Cash is quite talkative, I think. Um, I can't remember. I wasn't. Like, I'm not paying as much attention to the opposition players as I am to Albion's. But there was there was considerably more talkers um, in that Villa team than there was in Albion's team. Um, it comes back to what I say on this podcast a lot. I, I genuinely think a lot of the players in the squad are too nice. Mm. Um, and I personally think Livermore will keep the captaincy um, because I don't really see an alternative. Um, for me, he is captain material and he showed that last season. He is a very, very good captain. Um, he lost his head, he did. Um but to me, he's the outstanding candidate on paper. Sam Johnston would have a would would have a shout. I mean, he he is vocal. But that is you have to give him that. He does he does talk. Um, he's constantly um, talking to his defenders and shouting at them. And he, and he has led by example, as you've said. I I'm on the opposite to you. I don't think a goalkeeper with the armbands a good look. You don't. No, I think you need someone higher up the pitch who can get involved in every aspect. Really. Um, but I wouldn't be against Sam Johnson having it. I just, if it was me, I wouldn't be giving it to a goalkeeper. Fair enough. Um, and other than that, you just look. Everyone's going to be saying the same thing, isn't it? Who who jumps off the page? Yeah. Who jumps off the page for the captaincy? There isn't anyone. Um, and if is that a reason why we're in this in this position? I think it's probably a factor, isn't it? Of course, there's loads of reasons, but of course, that's probably a factor. Yeah, it could be. I mean, I was I watched the game back, uh, but not the whole thing. But I watched the highlights back, and you know what? I was struggling. I was struggling, and it's the, it's one of the few times this season there really were no positives to take from that performance, were there? 
Absolutely none. Um, and the fact that I mean, it was doesn't help me. I mean, I keep like, saying the, it, but there was like there've been performances where Albion haven't done well, and then there's been one or two players who've been like, well, yeah, but I mean, Conor Gallagher's a prime example. Like he stood out, but there was no one who really stood out. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree completely. And uh, and we said, I said, we keep, I keep repeating the sense of Derby is unacceptable, and it is. It it really was. I mean, I think. What kind of, I don't know if this is right or wrong really, but I feel like what eases the pain of it being a derby defeat is that everyone can see that they're sort of bigger fish to fry. Like, yeah. losing to Villa really, really isn't the issue at the minute. Like, there's a lot bigger things to resolve. Um, and, and the first one being that this is now a team massively in transition. Um, Sam Allardyce... Look, I, I don't think it's fair. To, like the criticism he gets for not playing good football, I think, is massively unfair. He's not Tony Pulis. Um, he's more Roy Hodgson than Tony Pulis. Um, but he doesn't play the same style that Slavon Bilic plays. Mm. Um, and Albion's players are going to have to learn his ways very quickly. Um, from shape to set plays to just even everyday like training routines, what he wants them to do. And it's a big ass. I mean, look, managers come and, at the end of the day, we're not, everyone knows managers come and go in the season, but it is going to be a big, big change. Um, and they're going to have to adapt quickly. Because, um, we, could, I mean, look, they're not cut adrift. And I, I truly think that basically everyone from Brighton below is going to be in this hunt right near to the very end. But, Albion need to start picking up points quickly and need to get, and, and what they really need is to start getting some belief back mm. um, because they look they, they they looked shattered last night at confidence they did yeah they did they did it's it's interesting because I was thinking during the game if there were fans in the ground would that have helped or or hindered Albion considering the performance they were putting in because you think having fans there might have lifted them but I tell you what if they put in a performance like that with fans in the ground I'm not too sure it would have been that helpful. No, I mean, it's, it's impossible to know, isn't it? I mean, I... Yeah. I mean, I shudder to think if fans were in the ground and it was exactly as it was. I mean, blimey, they would have been... Yeah, they would have got... They would have got it both barrels, really. Um, yeah. Yeah, mate... You'd like to think... I think, I think football has got used to no fans... I think, unfortunately, I think um, like players and managers, and I mean, obviously, I think it would have been a bit of a shock to Allardyce, but I think, unfortunately, football footballers have got used to no fans, and it's, it, it, it will actually take them a little bit of adapting to getting used to fans again. And if I'm correct, and there was a hangover from Billich, then you'd like to think fans being in the in the stadium would have helped them put that to one side better. Um, but I honestly don't know. I, I, I honestly don't know. Honestly, it, could, it could have gone either way, really. Yeah, yeah, it could have. I mean, I suppose the question is now, is, is how do the players in the team pick themselves up and dust themselves off? Because, you know, a performance like that is, is one that obviously leaves a sour taste. And, you know, as you said, if there's a bit of a hangover, you just hope that it doesn't stretch on too long. Yeah, I think I think they will. I think uh, whether it's subconscious or not, whatever happened last night, why they performed so badly, 
Uh, look, I'm coming back to this hangover from Bilitrin again, but I, I, there's part of me that feels maybe they needed to get it out of the system. Maybe they needed to... I don't know, maybe they just need... They were just hurting, maybe. Um, but I think everyone... At the end of the day, everyone's like a big boy. Do you know what I mean? Everyone's... They're all grown men. They, they, they've, they've, they've got a... They're professional footballers. They've paid a hell of a lot of money to do what they're going to do. And, they, and they're now under a manager who takes absolutely no mess in. Mm. Um, so... I do honestly, honestly believe it'll be a one-off. Look, do I expect Liverpool to win on the 27th? I do. Like, let's be honest, they're the best team in the country. They're probably going to win the Premier League again. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's not a great fixture to have after that, that, that game. Um, but I can't, I, I can't imagine for one minute that Albion would be as bad again. As yeah. bad again. Uh, look, there's a lot... If it... If a lot of if a lot of people if players are upset that Bilic has gone, they've got every right to be. He had, they they formed a wonderful relationship with him. He got them up. Last season was great. Um, they obviously bonded along the way. But look, he's not coming back. He's not coming back. Whether you agree with the second or not, he's not coming back. Um, and that's it now. Everyone's just got to get on with it. And I think I genuinely think they will. I genuinely genuinely think they will. Um, but yeah, it was just, yeah, I don't know. I, I, that's all I can say on it, really. I personally think it was a reaction to that. But, but I do think everyone will move on. Mm. Um, the time has come to move on, really. You have to remember, this has all happened so quickly. Like, time's a healer, isn't it, at the end of the day? Um, and a hell of a lot has happened in a short amount of time. A hell of a lot has happened. Like, exactly like I said at the start, beat Man City... Billich find out he's getting sacked in a press conference, then getting sacked, then Allardyce coming in. New coaching team and coming in. This is in the space of... And then a derby against Villa. That's in five days all those things have happened. Shit. Um, I mean, everyone, those players, their world has been turned upside down. Um, but, as I said, we've got to get on with it now. We've got to get on with it now. Um, mm. So, and I truly think they will. Yeah, last thing on the game, of course, there was there was more VAR issues, but I, th- I think a lot of the fans I spoke to and a lot of people in general, the consensus was it didn't it didn't ultimately affect the result of the game. I think a lot of people were accepting that Albion were probably going to lose it anyway, considering the performance they put in eleven v eleven. But uh, again, it's it's a frustrating one for Albion, and and it's it's a first experience for Big Sam really with, with VAR. I mean, it's just frustrating, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, it's, you're a Villa fan, you think it's a red card, don't you, for Courtney Hawes? Yeah, I think it's it's borderline, but for me, if he sees red, you can't complain. Um, and yeah. the, more I've, the more I've watched it, especially in real time, the more I can see why it's not... Why, why VAR hasn't re-refereed it. Yeah, I, know, I do know what you mean. I do, but personally, for me, it's a red. Um... But yeah, it's that. It's exactly like like everyone said, really, isn't it? There's, I've got absolutely no doubt that Villa would have won the game anyway. Yeah. Um, absolutely no doubt. I, I think they would have won the game eleven v eleven. Hmm. Um, and obviously Livermore had already gone. So if Courtney Horse gets sent off, it's ten v ten. Um, I'd expected Villa to win it ten v ten. Hmm. Um, it's VAR. It's rubbish. I. The last thing I want to do is gift the opposition goals, but to me, Ollie Watkins' goal should have stood. I mean, I don't even know if he anyone's actually proven he was offside. I mean, it was so... Oh. 
Um, and I don't think any Albion fan would have complained if it was given. It's just a ridiculous, another ridiculous decision. We've touched uh, that before. That there needs to be a change there to offside or somehow. VAR's broken um, badly. Um, but yeah, I think everyone knows. That's the issue. You, can, you could be angry when he left Old Trafford when Conor Gallagher didn't get his penalty. You could be angry when Pereira was sent off against Palace for the game 1-1. You could be angry when Ivanovic got clattered by that Guetta goalkeeper against mm. Palace with a scoreline still 1-1. You can be angry that Conor Gallagher didn't get his penalty against Palace with a scoreline still 1-1-1 and all those things. And you can be angry that Dominic Calvert-Lewin's goal at Everton stood when it was 1-0 Albion uh, because Albion were in the game and it felt like there was they were playing with a bit of momentum and they were playing with a bit of spark and they were playing well. But last night, from the first whistle to the last, um, Villa were by far the superior team. Um, and yes, and look, they had 11 men to Albion's 10 for that second half but I mean let's be honest it was like a training exercise wasn't it yeah I mean, I mean there was, was they were just chucking the ball up the pitch and Villa just kept coming back and just kept coming back there was no outlet for them there was there was absolutely no doubt in my mind at like the 70th minute mark that Villa would score again mm. they were always going to get a second and probably a third um, and they could have had a fourth couldn't they really yeah um, so yeah, VAR. Look, everyone, I think the vast majority of people hate it. I think the vast majority of people would scrap it. Um, but again, like losing to Villa, Albion have got bigger fish to fry, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, they do. They're not the things that Allardyce needs to be worried about. Mm. Shall we get on to some questions? Go for it. First one comes from Hamish Colley. Obviously, it was a collectively bad performance, but we crumbled at the back yesterday when Ivanovic came on. Do you think he'll have a place under Big Sam after that? I think it's a bit harsh to level too much criticism at Ivanovic. I think it was a change in system that really saw Albion open up, as opposed to a defender coming on and not doing well. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, he, he rolled the dice. He had to roll the dice. I mean, it, it was... It, Ivanovic and Austin came on together, I think, just after Watkins' goal was disallowed. Mm. Um, so it was 1-0. Who knows? At 1-0, you're losing the game. Does it really matter if you lose 1-0 or 3-0? People might say goal difference. But you've got to try when there's one goal to try and f- like get a corner and head that home or something. Haven't you? You've got to try and snatch a point from it. Um, and I think that's what he did, really. He rolled the dice. He put Austin up front with Grant initially, and then Callum Robinson. Um, and yeah, it did leave. It made made the team a lot more open. Um, and I think it was one of them. Really, the choice. The, the truth is, if you said Allardyce, if you said to Allardyce when he made those substitutions, he probably was thinking, "You've got an eighty percent chance of this turning into a bigger defeat, but a twenty percent chance of snatching a draw." Really wasn't he yeah. he knew those odds when he made those substitutions he knew what was going to happen um, but Albion created next to nothing and it, it was it was Villa going on to win it more comfortably unfortunately but yeah he, he had to roll the dice he had to um, mm. I think it was def- that was definitely a tactical thing rather than an Ivanovic thing yeah uh, Mark Hale are the players fit enough they look so far behind everything we play this season they don't look big enough mentally or physically. They look so far away from the team which dominated the championship for large parts last season. Yeah, see, this, the thing this thing rears its head all the time, and it re- whenever whenever there's poor results, and I, I don't I don't think there's any concerns about Albion's fitness at all. Um, what I do think is 
that they are having to try harder than, than a lot of their counterparts, a lot of the opposition players, to perform at this level. And I think that's mentally draining. Yeah. Um, so I think the difference... It's no, it's no coincidence that Man United used to always score goals late on. It's no coincidence that when Albion played Tottenham, it was Harry Kane that scored the 88th minute winner. It, it's elite players, elite teams are better because they keep going because mentally they are stronger than you and they keep pushing right to the very end and I think there's a lot of Albion's players who are having to try so hard to perform at this level they have it's one of those where like they have the ability to be Premier League players when they play to their best they are Premier League players but maybe they're not naturally Premier League players, if you know what I mean. Like, Harry Kane will just fit in at that level. That is where he belongs. I mean, he mm. belongs right at the very top. But And I think that's exhausting. I think it's exhausting constantly when you're... I think there's a lot of players in Albion's squad who are trying their best to be on it every single minute. Whereas I think yeah. a lot of players in the Premier League don't have to try as hard. They are just naturally on it every single minute um, and I think that is exhausting and I think that is why they're that is why they're conceding late goals really um, they're just they're, they're, I think they're more mentally drained than physically drained I'd agree uh, with you there if that makes sense um, I don't think it's a physical fitness thing um, but mentally I do think that there is an issue I do yeah, and let's be honest, when you're playing without the ball, which a lot of the time, I mean, out in the championship it was very different, but there are teams who are going to dominate the ball more and it's more tiring playing without the ball. It's just not, not as mentally draining because you've got to fun, concentrate and focus more, but you're also chasing, you know, at, at times when you're coming up against some teams, and it'll be the same with Liverpool, you, at times you're chasing shadows and it's, it's it, I mean, it happens to pretty much every team Liverpool will play. Barring, barring the odd result here and there, like I mean, chasing Mo Salah and Sadio Mane around the pitch, you, it's going to be, it's, you know, it's going to be tiring. Um, but I, I agree with you. I don't think there's a physical fitness issue at all. Uh, Leo Watkins, how can the same set of players as pre-lockdown to post-lockdown look so different? Post-lockdown, we've looked so out of ideas with the ball, no great mo- movement or fluidity in possession. I mean, there's no doubt about it. There has been a huge change, hasn't there? I mean, it's not helped. Not helped the side at all. Um, and uh, look, I think that's one of the reasons why Bilic is. That's another reason why Bilic has gone, isn't it? Because Albion just haven't been as good since football resumed. Um, they just haven't been. Um, I mean, I don't. I don't. I mean, I generally haven't got the answer. Mm. I, I, I honestly don't know why they've not adapted to it as well. Um, well, I didn't adapt to it. I mean, I, 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 without saying things I said before, I generally think there was a lot of pressure on them last season. Um, I don't think we'll ever understand how much that pressure was or what it actually meant to them. Um, I really don't. As I've said a million times before, as soon as it was on Brentford, they crumbled. Mm. So I think that has to be... I think you have to take that into account. I mean, Albina basically had nine games to get up when it restarted. For seven of them although there were some rocky results along the way, for seven of them, they kept it in their hands. 
well for eight of them really because they had it in their hands on the final day as well it was only one game I think if my memory serves me right it was that Stoke game that Brentford lost when they actually had the opportunity to win that game and then they would go into the final day knowing a win would get them promotion yeah because the last, the last day Albion just needed to match Brentford didn't they yeah so I think is I think I just don't think this is what I'm told so I can only tell you I can only really tell you what I'm told and all I can tell you is that the players were emotionally drained by that run mm-hmm. they really found it hard they really found it they really felt like the pressure was on them they really felt that they were playing for a lot more than just going up um, so personally I think that's you almost have to I, for me you take those nine games in isolation to anything else that's my. That's, people have got every right not to, um, and to think I'm wrong, and to think that the, the issue maybe started then with Billich. I'm not sure, but to me, those nine games were all about getting the, getting over the line, which they did do. It wasn't pretty, let's be honest, um, and and they needed a few favours, but it was just about getting over the line, which is what they did. Um, but yeah, and then. Since the restart this season, it's just been a series of highs and lows, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, there's been a lot of decent performances. I think people are starting to forget that. Um, obviously, it was a good draw against Chelsea. The Burnley game, was a, they could have won that on another day. Brighton, they could have won on another day. Obviously, beat Sheffield United, although they did get some luck that day. Um, very good at Old Trafford, but obviously VAR went against them. Um, obviously very good at Man City so when you talk about it like that I've been to play 13, 14 games and you can quickly rule, reel off 6 or 7 decent performances mm. um, you can 3 absolute shockers Everton Palace and Villa all of which had the caveat of 10 men so look Sam Bilic and Sam Allardyce know a lot more about football than I do but they've both said the same thing that they feel this team is close to getting results mm. um, it's very easy to be like catastrophic when you lose a derby 3-0 at home um, and you lost and your captain's been sent off and potentially may not captain the club again um, let's not forget I mean Albion were missing their best player as well in Matej um, Pereira although yeah. give, but, I, but having their best player there I'm not, I'm not sure it's going to lift the entire squad because there were there were a couple rungs below really Oh yeah, I don't think it would have made any difference last night, Pereira. But I do think it would have made a difference at Newcastle. Yeah, I think Pereira could have been the difference at Newcastle. Um, I think he was a massive loss for that game. Um, and just like do you know, I keep looking like you. What you watched games? I watched last night. I watched and I watched. Um, obviously, I was, I was at the Man City as well, and I keep looking at the clock now around the twenty-second mark. Yeah. And, and you just think, how the, how did they concede after 20 seconds? I mean, 20 seconds is obviously 20 seconds, but it goes so quickly at the start of, the fo- of a football match. It's mm. essentially kick-off, pass, one or two of the teams pass it along the back four. And that's it, 20 seconds is gone. That's it. Yeah. How you can concede in that time is unbelievable. Um, and that obviously was massive at Newcastle. Um, yeah but yeah I don't know it's not they've not been atrocious in every game I think it's important we remember that Um, and I think it's important to remember that that Sam Allardyce believes he can keep them up 
and he wouldn't it, it, he wouldn't have taken this job if he didn't he does he really really doesn't want to lose his record of having never taken a team down mm. um so it's not it's not we're not, we're not cut adrift no no um good friend of the podcast alan um is back with oh, a question alan. Uh, which players do you think Sam will want to ship out either to raise funds from a transfer fee, cut wages, or just because they won't cut it in his team? I expect it to be a long list after the awful display yesterday. I think Big Sam will probably... He won't just judge off one performance. It'll be everything to do uh, with training and stuff. Um, I look at maybe some of the younger players in, in the side, and I do wonder whether he'll think they're... I mean, they're players which we didn't see much under under Bilic, to be honest. Like for example, like a player like Raheem Harper, does he look to loan him out? Because is he is he someone that he's going to put his trust in when Albion really do? I think I think they really need some experience in that midfield, and I think January is the time they'll probably address that. But for a player like Harper, he's not really playing that much senior football. Get him out on loan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd all, I'm, all, I'm always big for loans and getting youngsters out on loan. I think it's really important they play. I think you can't look. No, no one, no, no one knows listening to this which players are going to thrive under Sam Allardyce and which players are going to struggle. Sam Allardyce doesn't know. That's the truth of it. Um, it's, too, it's simply too early to say he will improve Albion defensively. The way he sets teams up, they become more defensively sound. He will teach the players what they need to do, and it will be up to those players to prove that they can do it. Um, and some of them will be able to do it and some of them won't be able to do it and we've got no one knows who those players are going to be um, at this at this moment in time there, there are some perhaps look potentially some areas that do that do that do sort of spark more alarm than others um, maybe I think right back is an issue which is re- a real shame because Darnell Furlong has been outstanding this season. Mm. Um, he's been one of Albion's better, best players, I believe. Um, but I think he's a wing-back. Yeah. I think he's naturally a wing-back. I, I, I think, and I'm not, I'm not sure he is a right-back in a, in a Sam Allardyce team at this moment in time. Look, he's going to have the opportunity to prove he can do it and maybe he will thrive and it's up to him to do it now, isn't it? And it, it, it'll be Allardyce will work with him and give him every opportunity to thrive. Um, and fingers crossed, he does. He does do it. But that he was not happy last night with that goal. No, um, I mean, he, I mean, he's miles away from El Ghazi. He, he was not happy, and it's not been the first time this season that Furlong's lost his man. Um, so I think at wing back with the protection of a centre back behind him. I think you get a lot from Darnell Furlong. At right back, there's a question mark over him. There's no doubt about it. Um, and that goal last night, Allardyce just simply will not tolerate. It's yeah. not. It, you, you might get away with it once or twice, but that that there's no. You, you won't get another chance. He will just will not stand for it. So I think there's an issue there. I think central midfield, um, the lack of a holding midfielder, um, is an issue. Sam Field hopefully will now get an opportunity. Um, but there's no doubt Allardyce is concerned by the lack of top flight experience in that squad mm. um, and 
Livermore is a more box-to-box type player, really. He's, he's at his best pressing teams in the opposition half. Um, so I think right back, holding midfield it, um, at the moment would be the two big areas. Maybe left back. The, the irony with Darnell Furlong and Kieran Gibbs is I actually think Kieran Gibbs is a fullback and not a wing back. Yeah. Um, don't think he looks very comfortable at wing back. Connor Townsend looks a lot more comfortable there um, than he does. So, yeah, I mean, there's big. Um, there's, there's a big task at hand. But look, he's been told he's got money available to spend. Bizarrely, I don't think. Some of the, I think Allardyce will be able to bring in players. He won't need a lot of money, really. Because mm. um, I think a lot of this is going to be experience. It's going to be now. And it's going to be perhaps players who have played for him before who know what he what he needs and what he requires. And But we'll see. We'll see. But at this I've moment got, I've, in time, I'd say right back in central midfield. I've got a Christmas segment planned just discussing that, mate. Um, couple more... Bryn Reese, where do we actually go from here? A lot of fans are decidedly fed up. We don't seem to be able to win a game for love nor money, and it feels like there's no real respite in sight. Surely, if we do this, it's even greater than the Great Escape. Well, I don't think any team has ever survived having amassed this amount of points um, at this stage of the season. Mm. Um, so. It's great. It is great escape territory, is it? I don't know if it'd be greater than the than the, than the great escape, but partly because I feel like we're in a mini league with five teams. Um, and that I follows think, on to, to Clint McCormick's question: says, who do you think are the two teams we have the most chance of catching if we if something were to drastically change for us?" So I genuinely believe Brighton are all style, no substance. I mean, look, I think maybe Danny Welbeck will be the man who keeps them up. Um, he might just get enough for them. Uh, but I think I think they're catchable. I think they're very, very catchable. Mm. Um, Fulham have improved. There's no doubt about it since the start of the season. But again, I thoroughly expect them to be somewhere between bottom and fourth from bottom. Yeah, but uh, Burnley, Burnley currently have two games in hand, but I mean one of them's against against Wolves. Um, so, but I like Sean Dyche as a manager. He could he could he could have enough about him to keep Burnley up. Um, but it does feel like things things are starting to wind down at Burnley, perhaps, and his sort of tenure, he may be he's taken them as far as he can. Um, is, it, is it worth mentioning Arsenal in this conversation? No, they're never, they're never going to go down, are they? I mean, they've lost four of the last five. Um, but I do think, yeah. I, I would be, I, well, all I can say is I would be very surprised if one of the teams I've mentioned break away. Yeah. Um, and suddenly finish 13th and comfortable. I would be very surprised. Um and as I've always said on this podcast, could Albion finish fourth bottom? Yes. Could they finish second bottom? Yes. Without mm. a doubt. They could, they, could, they could finish anywhere in that little mini league. Um, but long way to go still, long way to go. And Allardyce will tighten them up. Mm. Uh, a couple of lighter questions just to finish this off before we get on to our Christmas segment. Uh, Brim Reese again. Um 
What's on your plate for Christmas dinner this year? Also, snack options. Anything you can't go without? Oh, for me, the pri- the pro- the top top of the pile is is pigs in blankets. Is that top of the pile? Is it? Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Do you know I'm in the office today, mate. Yeah. I'm actually sat in the bubble where we normally do our podcast. Oh. I'm in our chair. I'm in like my chair, and you're not in your chair. I like. Oh, I feel that- like I'm with you in spirit. That that makes me a little bit sad. It's a little bit sad, isn't it? It's a little bit sad. I'm like literally sat looking at your chair now, your empty chair. It's not, and you can there. just picture me talking about pigs in blankets. Yeah, yeah. That's what. That's it. Was the food question that made me, made me miss your presence even more? <laughs> <laughs> the fact that when I roll my eyes, you can't see me. That was what did it. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, what's what's your what's your go to? Oh mate, I don't know. Um, oh mate, come on! It's Christmas dinner. Don't get me wrong, I thoroughly enjoy Christmas dinner. Um, I enjoy it. <laughs> not enough right? to not enough to pick out a favourite though. I know it sounds awful, it sounds awful, but I'm I'm like I'm knackered, mate. Like I'm like my little boy's birth my wife's birthday was the second of December. My little boy's birthday was the sixteenth of December. It's been presents, presents, presents. Last week was the week from like of all weeks work wise. Yeah. I mean not only did we get a manager sacking, we didn't even get time to like have a manager hunt. It was like, oh, Bilic sacked at 12, Allardyce arrives at 5, just mental. Um, I've just not had time to think about Christmas this year at all. My wife's done absolutely everything, she'll love listening to this, because she has done absolutely everything, there's no doubt about it, I've done absolutely nothing. Well, um, I'm sure I'm sure Mrs Massey's got a favourite. I just like a traditional Christmas dinner, mate. I just okay. love stuffing. Oh, there you go, stuffing. Turkey and stuffing, delicious. There you go. We got there in the end. <laughs> um, okay, let's uh, let's move on then. Let's, let's do this Christmas segment. So, obviously Christmas is coming up, Joe, and you're just talking about presents. And I was thinking, what presents do Albion need? Although, <laughs> maybe they could pick them up in their January sales. Transfer window opens in January. What presents could they need? Uh, so I've got I've got a, a bunch of names which have, have all been linked with Albion. I'm, I, there's absolutely no like concrete reports, by the way, before anyone decides to uh, to start calling this out on these. Uh, and there's a couple of names which which people will think of and and maybe they'll consider and maybe they won't. So Joe, I'm just going to run through a couple of them and you can kind of discuss whether they need that kind of player, whether that kind of player would work out, whether you could see it happening. So these players like are under Sam Allardyce's tree, are they? Potentially, he's waking up on Christmas morning and unwrapping loads of footballers. He's waking up on Christmas morning. He's unwrapping his first box, and guess what's in there? Andy Carroll, <laughs> <laughs> genuinely linked Albion. Could they use someone like Andy Carroll? He thought he was getting a box of chocolates, and he ends up with like imagine a imagine six foot thinking, five Geordie under his tray. Yeah, you you open it up. You're hoping for Lionel Messi, and you get Andy Carroll. <laughs> It's like when you ask your parents for Lego and get Mega Blocks, isn't it? I really like Andy Carroll. <laughs> you could do a job. Uh, I've always rated Andy Carroll, honest, honestly, honestly. Um, I like players who you can't if they if you do something you can't. They've got they're so good at one thing that you can't stop them from doing it. Andy Carroll's that, isn't he? Ball in the air. Yeah, he's winning. He's winning, winning it. it. He's winning it. Simple as that. Absolutely, he's winning it. Um, Fellaini used to be like it as well. If you, chess if you, control. Chess, chess control, yeah, that's it. You can't. Like, if you were making a, a, a like a dream footballer, 
you would take Andy Carroll's heading ability and Maron Fellaini's chest control, wouldn't you? Yeah, but what haircut is he having? Is he having the Fellaini afro or the Andy Carroll ponytail? I think the Fellaini afro, don't you? <laughs> I'm just picturing this footballer in my head. Very strange creation. But seriously though, Andy Carroll uh, has been linked with Albion in some reports. Um, well, he's not really getting too much time at Newcastle, but of course he's a Geordie, so is, is it one that you think, I mean, would he even consider the move? Has Could it, could it happen? I think it could happen. I think it could happen. I mean, like we said at the start, we've not. I've not had a chance to look into this at all. Like mm. we don't know any. This is literally what. This is pure gossip and scandal, isn't it? Nothing but speculation. Nothing but speculation whatsoever. I mean, look. I think. I don't think every player's got a price, and I don't think Andy Carroll's will be that high. I don't think Newcastle are absolutely desperate to keep hold of him. Um, so it could happen. Um, I'd take him in a heartbeat, to be honest. Only question is his fitness, really. Um, another striker, Cenk Tosin. Oh, has he been linked? Yeah. He's always linked, it feels like. Yeah, it's, uh, there's a distinct um, a vibe amongst many of these names. Cenk Tosin, of course, played Everton. Sam Allardyce obviously managed Everton. Yeah, that that would be the... the yeah. That would be the clickbait websites trying to get clicks. and Oh, yeah. They've gone on to the squads Allardyce managed in those particular seasons and look at who isn't playing, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's not rocket science what they've done. It really isn't. Um, I'd have to admit, I don't know an awful lot about Cenk Tosin, other than... For me, he's a poor man's Andy Carroll, which isn't... <laughs> which probably doesn't come across brilliantly. <laughs> so we've gone from opening your present thinking you're going to get Lionel Messi to getting Andy Carroll the next step down is when you open it up hoping you get an Andy Carroll and you get Cenk <laughs> yeah. Tosin you're opening it up hoping you've got Andy Carroll and it ends up being Cenk Tosin that's hilarious, that's um, hilarious. okay defend- a couple of defenders no midfielders linked at the moment from my um, fairly extensive search to be honest uh, first one and I'll tell you what this one I've read it and it's one of those ones which you think isn't believable but then the more you read it the more believable it gets <laughs> This is high quality journalism. This is this is why people tune into the Express and Star podcast. Oh yeah, to, for oh, us yeah. to talk about the actual atrocious rumours that are thrown up on these fan sites. But this, go is, on. Essentially, this is essentially the audio version of our transfer rumours column, which is making a comeback in in what eleven days. Right. Um, this feels like a, this just feels like we're desperate for content. I'm not going to lie. I just thought of something Christmassy and something that would lighten the mood, and this was it. Phil Jones. Phil Jones think about it right initially you think he's coming from Manchester United oh, no, that's not going to happen he's on 130 grand a week or whatever it is oh that's never going to happen but then you start thinking well he's not playing at United they're willing to pick up some of his wages to get him out and get him playing could it happen I mean he'd offer Premier League experience and I tell you what there was a reason shock horror got a move from Blackburn uh, to United um Oh God! Right. Okay. So Valadice managed him at Blackburn. I don't, I'm not too sure on that one, but I mean, he was from the same club. Uh, he's, there was a reason he got his move to United. 
I mean, I remember when Alex Ferguson signed him, he basically said something like, this guy's going to be captain for England for the next 10 years or whatever, something like that. I mean, I'm putting words into Alex Ferguson's mouth there. but I mean, that's a, that's essentially a Jason McCarthy... Uh, oh, poor Jason. Which, he scored, didn't he? Someone... He, scored a, he scored no goal. Oh, was it no goal? <laughs> he scored two own goals this season. <laughs> I saw someone tweeted me the... Um... The Wickham score. I thought McCarthy scored. No, no, it's no goal, mate. Oh. <laughs> oh, bless him. I love Jason McCarthy. Um, oh dear, never mind. Yeah, but Phil Jones would be on loan. A lot of his, a lot of them saying it would be a loan move. Yeah, I think I think that's realistic. I think it'd be a good signing. I must admit, I'm in the same boat. I don't think that uh, look. I mean, he's he's crocked, didn't he? Let's be honest. He doesn't play many games because of his. In, he's just constantly injured. Um, but if he's fit, six month loan deal. I'd take it. Is it desperate times that? I mean, maybe. But um, like you said, it depends. It all depends on his fitness. Is he actually unfit at the moment? Is that why he's not getting games at Manchester United, or is he just falling way down the pecking order? That's the question. I'd be surprised if he's fallen way down the pecking order. United are hardly rock solid. I mean, you think of their centre-backs, though, when they've got Maguire, they've got Lindelof, they've got Twanzebe. I mean, after that, there's there's more centre-backs there as well, which I'm obviously forgetting. This feels a weird conversation because, like, I do... It's weird because I do really... I've always liked... Andy Carroll, right? Like, as in, like, I have these little soft spots for players. Like, Andros Townsend's one of them. I've always liked Andros Townsend. Um, uh, Crystal Palace, by the way. I mean, he's, he's managed there. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, yeah, I like Andy Carroll. He's another one I like. So, and Phil Jones was a good defender at one stage. I mean, I, I, don't, I generally, it feels like it was, like, 2016 when he last started running games. Yeah. Um... But while these players, if you said, oh, you're going to sign Andy Carroll in January and he's going to play 20 games for you, and if you said, oh, you're going to sign Phil Jones and he's going to play 20 games for you, that would be fine, wouldn't it? But it feels like that would be very unlikely and therefore that makes these names very, very desperate. Mm. There feels a real, although potentially they are good players... Their names reek of desperation. Yeah. Do you do you agree with that or not? Yeah, I know exactly. Do you know what I mean? mean? Like I feel bad saying it, but but they do. Yeah. Uh, another name, James Tompkins. Is he at Palace still? Yes. Yeah, I mean that would be. I would imagine that would be the type of player. I don't know what his injury records like. Is he is he a croc? I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't because I, I, I don't cover no, Crystal Palace. But that sounds uh, like the type of player. That sounds very plausible to me. Proper last Premier one. League performer, isn't he? Yeah, the last one is Issa Diop. Yeah, I mean, that can't be true, can it? I mean, his form his form's taken a hit at West Ham. Let's be honest, because there was a point last season. I think just before January, they were saying that United should sign him. We was being linked with like when people saying he was worth like. 40 million quid or something. Didn't they pay like 25 million quid for him or something? I've no idea. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, the, I, I, again, he's, 
he's a player I don't know an awful lot about. When players aren't playing for their teams, we got enough on our plate, haven't we? Looking after Albion and looking yeah. at. But yeah, I'd be amazed. I mean, I, I honestly think it wasn't long ago where he was like the next big thing, wasn't he? Mm. He was, wasn't he? That is the right player. I'm not being idiotic there. He was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like everyone was like going mental for him, saying he could like play. He could get a really big move. And West Ham are playing well without him, but yeah, I think it's probably another. Did Aldice, Aldice didn't have him at West Ham though, did he? So because it was before his time, so he was there before this. So yeah, but I don't. Uh, but I doubt it. I highly doubt it. Yeah. But I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I mean, how would you feel if you opened up them presents on, Chris, on Christmas? I, mean, I don't know. I watched me get absolutely torn to shreds by Albion fans for for submitting some of those names. Um. Okay, last bit, mate. We're looking ahead, and it's only Liverpool away. Yeah, stroll in the park. I mean, yeah, it should be as easy as it come. Um, I mean, look, what can you say? There's nothing. There's nothing. You, there's no insight you can give on this game, is there? It's Liverpool. They've, they've just spanked Palace seven nil. Um, they're probably going to win the game very, very comfortably. Um, who knows? As we've said a million times, Albion's best performances this season, Man City, Man United, Chelsea, Tottenham, the bigger teams in the league. Um I think any this is is a season of it's gonna be a season of surprises still. I think the pandemic and the way everything is, potentially there's more chance of an upset. Like it's weird, isn't it, that um I saw that stat that's been going around that obviously Villa trounced Liverpool. 7-2 or whatever it was yeah um, and Tottenham smashed Man United 6-1 yeah and now Man United are comfortably above Tottenham in the table and obviously Liverpool look they look well on track to regain the title don't they yeah even without Virgil van Dijk and Joe Gomez and the other injuries they've got I still think they'd be idiotic not to sign a centre back in January but yeah 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 I, yeah I yeah, I agree with that. But they look in a very good shape. Just like Man United looking all right shape, to be fair to them. They go, I mean, they're dreadful against Albion. But um, yeah, so, so I think they could. I think there's an element, there's always an element this season that there could be the odd strange result. Um, but look, uh, I've got to be honest. Well, Albion thirty-three to one to win at Man City. Shall we have a look? See what they are right now. Go on. Do uh, give me some filler. Give me some filler while I Google this. I believe. I don't know if they'll be higher. I think they might. I don't know. 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 But I'm not sure. Twenty-two to one. Twenty-two to one. See, that's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. That. Apparently. To be fair, Newcastle the same odds to beat Man City. Yeah, that's strange because Man City aren't scoring a lot of goals. But twenty-two to one. Here we go. They're thirty-three to one in Man City. Yeah, and then they—they I mean, got a draw. Um, but look, I—you expect? Hey, I, look, we're all expecting a very comfortable Liverpool win, aren't we? I'm going to be honest, I've got Mohamed Salah in my fantasy team and he's staying in. So, I mean, read into that what you will. Triple captain. <laughs> Not quite. 
I don't play fantasy football, but I just know triple captains a thing. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, yeah, I mean, and it's a com- it's complete free hit, isn't it? Complete free hit. Yeah, it is a completely free hit. Yeah, who knows? Dig in, clean sheet. Could be a big Sam special. Nick one from a corner, one now. Hate saying that. Hate being so like. It's just such a shame as Liverpool, really. But then maybe do you know what? Maybe it isn't actually. Maybe it isn't a shame that it's Liverpool. Maybe it's great to get that game out of the way. Yeah. Because maybe in 10 games' time, Albion will be a lot more embedded into Allardyce's methods. Maybe they'll be on a bit of a run. Maybe they'll be picking up points on a bit more of a consistent basis. Um, And maybe they'll run into a Liverpool side who smash them. So maybe it's best to get it done. Just get it done. Yeah. Get it done. Get it out of the way. And then... Yeah, that might be for the best. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, that's a, that's, about... that's a real optimistic. <laughs> yeah. I was so, I was going to say like this is a, it's, it's going to be a podcast that lifts the spirits, and I think it's lifted the spirits a little bit, but it ended on a on a low note. Yeah. Um, sorry. 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 It's not your fault, mate. They're playing Liverpool. It's been a long um, week. It's been a long week. It's been a long week. It's been, it's been a long week indeed. Right, Joe, that just about does us, mate, unless you got anything else. I'm just saying, a bit to lift spirits. There's an... Albion have got a very good manager, I believe. And let's not forget, January's on the way. And January's on the horizon. And look, I, 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 look we know I miss Bilic. I still think there's a chance I could have stayed up with Bilic, but Bilic isn't, is gone and there's nothing to do with Allardyce. Um, and I do believe in Allardyce, Albion have got a manager who has, will give them... A, a chance of survival, a real fine shot of staying up. He's definitely up for the job. He definitely knows what's what's required, and he's done it so many times before. So, I think he's a, I think he's an impressive man, an impressive character. Um, yeah, I think I think he'll get. They'll. I, I do think they'll give it a good go under him. Um, but yeah, probably probably after Liverpool, <laughs> we're going to tonk Leeds, mate. That's how we're going to end it. We're going to tonk Leeds. Oh, I tell you what, how bad were Leeds against Leeds, United? Leeds, right, are a myth. Marcello Bielsa is a myth. Everyone goes <sighs> mental for him. Everyone loves him. It's like being managed oh. by two people, I reckon, being managed by Leeds. Like, one of them's a world-class... One of them's Jurgen Klopp, and one of them's, like, a National League North manager. <laughs> and, like, they're really good going forward, but they can't defend for Toffee. Um, it's ridiculous. He should. People love Bielsa, but why don't he just t- make him a bit more t- tougher to beat? You know what amazes me? Like, the manager the genuinely was in the top three world world's best managers the other day. Just got absolutely slapped by Oli Gunnar, Gunnar Solskjaer. <laughs> yeah, true, yeah. Can you believe that? Honest to God. I mean, some of the stuff commentary was, was being said in the commentary when they were 6-1 down or whatever it was. There's not many managers getting away with that. No chance. So there we go. That's our that's our final thought. Look, we're probably going to get smashed by Liverpool, but don't worry about it. It's Christmas. Just enjoy your leftover turkey and stuff. In enjoy your presents. It'll be fine. By the time we get to Leeds, Allardyce will have had more time on them, and we're going to beat Leeds. It'll be big Sam Ball against Leeds. We're going to beat Leeds. Um, all right. Okay. There we go. Uh, a very Merry Christmas from myself, the whole Albion podcast team, including Joe Massey. I'm Merry, sure it's just me and you. In the podcast. <laughs> Nathan Judas involved now and then, um, making it sound like there's a team behind it. Who do I think I am? Um, yeah, okay. Very merry Christmas from us. Uh, we'll be back 
next week next week yeah probably yeah 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 oh, oh okay. yeah yeah we've got to do it haven't we and let's hope Albion don't get beat by seven at Liverpool eh fingers crossed fingers crossed we just think about that Leeds game I'm, ra- I'm that confident I'm not <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's look ahead to Leeds. Forget Liverpool. From me, from Joe, a very Merry Christmas, a fond farewell. Merry Christmas.